Welcome to Marsha's Plate, a black trans-inclusive feminist podcast. A place where we know that not everybody is invited to the cookout. And we also know that every single day is a brand new day, and we have the power to make a difference today. So let's do this. Brand new day, brand new day, make it better than yesterday. You can always find a way to turn it all around again. It's a new day, brand new day, make it better than yesterday. You can always find a way to start over again. When the sun rises, you can start over again. social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of that. Just search for Marsha's Plate, M-A-R-S-H-A-S-P-L-A-T-E. Y'all ready? Let's get started. Hey. Hey. <laughs> hey. How was your morning? It's good. It's good. It's a good Sunday morning. Uh, I, I chatted up with a friend that uh, lives in and works in South Korea. Oh, so that was pretty cool. Uh, we got a chance to catch up a friend from college. Uh, my actual first college roommate. So I was in like a pre program for students of color. And so we were there over the summer. So it was good to catch up with her. Yeah, mm. so it's a good start my, to the morning. My brother, not my this is a, like a long lost brother that I can't, I don't know how to get in talk in, in contact with him. He's on my father's mm. side. And be, because my father is a weirdo, <laughs> he <laughs> he won't tell me where he is. Well, he won't connect us because oh. neither one of us fuck with our father. So when I talk to my dad and I'm like, okay, do you have any information on Booby? He doesn't give me information. Like he does, he's avoids the conversation. Cause I feel like he, we gonna click up and talk. He, I think he thinks we gonna click up and talk shit about him or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But he basically, um, you know. But he told me that he hasn't talked to him in years because they don't fuck with each other. And he's like in his yeah. early thirties, um, and he lives in Korea. He lives in Korea. That's the last. The oh, last wow. I've heard, he's he was um, in the Air Force and lives in Korea, but. I don't know how to get a hold of him. I don't don't even know his full like government name like that because we come mm -hmm. we from different mothers and so we yeah. never really got um, that close. But he lives in Korea, based on what my dad and other people have told me. He lives in he's um, stationed there. Mm. Wow. Yeah. 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 Well, I was thinking military when you said that too. Cause I was like, well, I don't know a lot of folks out there. Yeah. Um, my. Yeah. My now the brother that I'm close to that I raised his um, best friend growing up is actually about to be stationed in mm. Korea too, 
Um, and I, we, he called me his sister and I call him my brother. Um, even though we're not kin, but because he was best friends with my brother growing up, that's kind of how we, um, and I, we had a relationship where (laughs) we roast each other. Like, (laughs) like when I see him, I roast him. Yeah. He Uh, roasts me and we just have a funny, a fun relationship. And so he's actually getting, um, yeah, he getting um, stationed in Korea for, at least six months so he's going to korea too so me and my my blood brother we plan on going out there to visit him since he's going to be out there oh so, wow. yeah yeah that's what's wow. um hopefully it'll be a good trip <laughs> <laughs> well sure it's, i hope so too i mean how, how you doing how you doing this morning what's up with the weather out there you know i've been seeing on the news is a lot oh, of snow in Texas or it, it so I, it's some snow in Dallas. Well, first of all, my morning has gone great. Um, okay. I'm not a, okay. a, a I, I, people know this. I used to be a full time escort in my life, but um, <laughs> you know, I don't advertise. I don't actively look for clients, but. <laughs> but sometimes some of my old because my number is still exactly the same some of my mm. old clients that i've been dealing with for years will hit me up and say hey i got some coins for you <laughs> what you doing this morning and if i'm not doing nothing i mean <laughs> honey who am i <laughs> you said who am i right. who am i to turn down a coin <laughs> So, um, you know, one of my old clients came and dropped me off some um, some coins and we had our little fun. So and it's a coin that I really, really needed (laughs) because I got a trip coming up and I wanted to um, buy some things for that trip. And um, yeah. And so he came. So that's been really, really dope. But yes, it has been cold as shit today. (laughs) Is not cold uh, as shit. Today is like what's, sixty what's something. What's cold as shit for for well, you, for, for, for us for, uh, here for in, in Houston? Well, um, I grew up in Indiana, Boston, Chicago area. Right, right. Those so you know those cold. those. Yeah. <laughs> nothing is really cold as shit. I know what <laughs> that is, but yeah, that upper mid-west in cold. in <laughs> in Houston, um, uh, cold is gonna be like in those that the. Uh, high 40s 30 somethings it never really gets below freezing that would be really really mm. surprising mm. like something under 32 baby that's that's mm. surprising it's usually cold for us it's like 40s mm. Mm. and so for the past couple of you know for like a week or or two it's been um no not like a week or two like a um well yeah like a week or two it's been pretty pretty cold it's been you know 43 42 45 38 um oh. 47 those kind of things and apparently kind of cold for where i'm at you know i got week two coming out of wisconsin living in seattle, <laughs> living in seattle. I'm, like, I'm like oh shoot it's a little chilly I thought it got cold up there but it just get rainy up there y'all mm-hmm. just rain a lot mm-hmm. okay right so yeah. i don't really get below freezing too often no you know? so when it snows out here it's a whole you know, they like to shut everything down. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it definitely should. Baby, you don't even need to stop. If it rains too much or honey, <laughs> get a little bit cold, baby, they could school out, cut. 
<laughs> they will they will shut everything down because people be on the roads crazy trying to oh, drive really? and and they don't have the infrastructure as far as you know like when you in a mm. up north city they you know before you even wake up in the morning the snow plow trucks is out pushing yes. pushing right. the snow right. they yeah they yeah. salting and da, da 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 honey they don't have Listen, none of that they had a snowstorm here a couple of years when I first got up, it was like 2019, 2018, 2019. Mm-hmm. They shut, I mean, they probably got like three, four inches of snow max. Three, maybe. Everything gets shut down. They were like, they had like six plows. The mayor was like, <laughs> basically like, they were like, everybody's just going to have to wait until the snow melts. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. you know, and coming out the Midwest, you know, you're not used to that. But to your point, they didn't have the infrastructure it's yeah, hilly it's here. a way. It's a so waste like, of money yeah. because if you if it doesn't snow, why would we need to do have that but kind of preparation? Switch it up, but know, honey, we're global, in a time global warming. we're not with a, with a climate change because they said George George W. That's when we stopped saying global warming around that time. That's when <laughs> start getting controversial. Um, but yeah, yeah. Wow. Wait, didn't it snow though? Didn't it snow somewhere? I think it snowed in Dallas, but that snowing in okay. Dallas is not a un you know, it's not a crazy unusual thing because that okay. is North Texas. That is North okay. Texas. And you know how huge Texas is. It's a huge state. So it's right. it's like three <laughs> right. three different right. um lands. Like, you know, if you go out west, you get in like deserty, like you get in flat desert cactus mm-hmm. and shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, that mm-hmm. kind of roll runner. You know, when you, I right. think when I, when I think of that era, I think of like, you know, when the coyote is chasing the road winner, that kind of land oh, that yeah, you see, yeah, yeah, yeah. that yeah, desert, yeah. BB, <laughs> yes, you see in that kind of, that kind of land. But then when you get over in the east, east, southern Houston area, you know, mm-hmm. you get, you get like a lot of greenery, you get in a mm-hmm. lot of humidity, you get some swampy areas, you get in mm-hmm. some water, you get in some, mm-hmm. you get what I'm saying? Even if you go further, you know, we're, Galveston is not far, that's like 40 minutes from us. Um, and so you're getting a, a more greenery, mm-hmm. um, greenery area. What's but Dallas area like? What's that? Dallas part? is like, kind of. It's like prairie know. or something kind of energy, because it's right next to Oklahoma. Right? Oklahoma is giving prairie to me. It's, mm-hmm. To me, it's mm-hmm. giving, I don't want to say yeah. prairie. But yeah, but it's, maybe it's flat. It used to be maybe flat. Mm. Yeah, it's flat. It's not really hilly. Mm. Um, then when you get in Austin, Austin yeah. got hills and valleys huh. and rocks, and it looked like a huh. whole. It looked kind of like California a little bit. Like to me, wow. it looks like like when wow. I when you driving through like the hills in California. And it's yeah. all trees, and like you can see the big old mansions up on the hill, and da da da. Like mm. you know, like when you get maybe some not Colorado, I wouldn't say Colorado, but definitely California. When you get certain parts mm. of Austin, especially like the quote unquote, you know, fancy rich area, <laughs> it is most yeah. of them. It's like um, yeah. it looks fancy. It looks like uh. oh my god, this looks like a whole other state. It looked like California to me. Um, so the state can look like many, 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 many different things here in, yeah. in, in, in Texas. But Damn. snowing in Dallas is that's normal. That's pretty normal <laughs> up there. Not not normal. I want to. It's not snow like up north, but it being some it snow cold. in Dallas, yeah, it gets Texas, cold. Yeah, because yeah, that's yeah, north. That's, that's the north coldest Texas. part of Texas. Right. Okay. 
Sorry if I'm but, a little too. If I'm a little uh, with my mouth, I had some dental work done this week, mm-hmm. so I'm a little, little stiff. But I'm good. So, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. so, but the irony of this whole scenario, um, when mm-hmm. I, um, when I think so, about what's the in here in Texas, I'll try to pull it up mm-hmm. so I can read it. While we are here, like in Austin, over the the past couple of days, because of the weather and because of the grids and da 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 da, the power grids and the lack of infrastructure and taking mm. care of them and investing in them, um, when it gets cold, some of us get without power. We learned in what twenty twenty one that um, Texas freeze kind of happened, and I was impacted by that. But this 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 year, that's wild. It was it was um, uh, Austin, Austin. Mm-hmm. A lot of some people in Austin was without power because it it was a cold front that happened, and so. But while we were having while they we were having those issues, the Attorney General Paxton put out a statement <laughs> about trans people health blocking them from health care and about students and just a bunch of they're just like weird about the wrong things it's literally people freezing and without fucking power and y'all are releasing statements to attack trans yeah. people it just yeah. feels yeah. stupid and it's, dumb and it doesn't make sense he's running for president and so between greg abbott and ron DeSantis. Between now and 2024, they're going to come out with a lot of stuff they know won't hold up in court. They're going to come up with a lot of stuff that they know is going to be real extreme because they're trying to appeal to the most far right wing mm-hmm. of the Republican Party base. And so if you in Texas <laughs> and you in Florida, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, just understand it's going to be it is going to be a lot. But also understand that a lot of it, the majority of it is just performative. Mm hmm. Even though it's some scary shit, <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying to be the target of they shit. But between Greg Abbott and and and, and Ron DeSantis, I fully expect more really extreme stuff, really um, harmful stuff that's gonna target trans people, that's gonna target trans young people, that's gonna trans that's gonna target black people. That's going to target the LGBT community as a whole. Um, that's probably going to start to target, uh, you know, gay people specifically around marriage. You've already seen the stuff happening in Florida around uh, black people being being taught all times. They can't talk about black, not even just CRT, government critical race theory, which isn't taught in regular, you know, it's taught in like law school. But now, you know, you can't really teach black history. They don't know what to teach, and it's Black History Month. But, you know, but it's fucked up. And um, but just on an emotional level, just be armed and know that, like, it's going to be more of this. And it's there is performative. They trying to get, you know, this is what this is what this is where we at. <laughs> this is like and my thing is, is my thing is, is, is imagine, I, you know, I'm you know, I vote for I vote Democrat because, you know, who else would I vote for? Not saying that Democrats are great, <laughs> but I vote Democrat because, you know, that's just the best. It's just, you know, it's just the best choice. Um, but I, in my mind, I'm like, I'm trying to, I, not playing devil's advocate, but just trying to see how they think. It's like, 
How, what are, what are they running on that are benefiting y'all? Like, what are, what are these politicians? If their whole campaign is to attack 1% of the population, to attack the trans people, it's about what are black, they black, running uh, on? Damn, it's all, for, there's a couple things. One, that Citizens United case that let all the money into politics is a big factor. So you don't have to follow the money in the same kind of way. So people who got a lot of money, who got issues, can be like, I got a lot of money. I don't like trans people. Here's some, here's some money. Also, we got going on, what's underneath all of this is getting at Black people, getting these courts to do certain things so we can go back to a Jim Crow era where I can discriminate against anybody in public accommodations and to do whatever I want in my state, states' rights. They're trying to turn it, the, 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 they're trying to turn the clock backwards to a place where we were in the, you know, 50s and 60s and 70s, where it's but like I'm my just, state can do whatever I want. The court is now not going to do anything about it because we bought them out. And who benefits? If you keep people miserable and keep them, you know, barely having stuff, you keep them distracted, you can steal. And so that's the point is to like, you know, shiny thing over here while I'm stealing. So you're never, you're not really you know, as stable as you should be, but you're not worried about that because you're worried about the white folks and everybody, y'all distracted over here with trans people, black people, gay people, you know, women, white women want to control their bodies. You know, like for me, in my brain, when I think about it, it has to get to a point where, okay, you are broke. You are, you get what I'm saying? Like if I'm complaining about not eating, you can distract me all you want. My hunger is still there and I still need to eat, motherfuckers. So how I mean, y'all get whole... to the point where you're not paying attention to you not moving forward on a, any kind of level as far as helping you get lower taxes, helping you get anything? You're not moving forward. We're not getting a higher wage, like a higher minimum wage for the federal minimum wage. We're not getting anything that you would want as a non-rich conservative person. Like, I get why the politicians and the billionaires and blah, 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 but a non-rich conservative person, everything that would benefit you, I mean, what are look you at getting? Down south. I mean, Diamond, you grew up up north. They, they said, fuck it, <laughs> right, a long time ago. They said, fuck it, a long time ago. White, white nationalism, racism is a hell of a drug that keeps people distracted and you can steal and keep them fucking miserable. If we don't even want federal government money. We cool with not having the money. We cool with being poor. We cool with da 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 rather than have black people have their shit. That's what, that's the perception I had back in the day. So if that's the reality we're living in. These are their grandkids. These are, they, you know what I'm saying? These are grandparents now. These are their children. This mm. is, you know, so this is a generational thing. They, and we got the other factor of this, social media bots, you know, you know, getting people worked up and shit. And, and you know what I'm saying? So it's like, we're, we're in a weird time right now because between the politicians and the bots and Russia, like they working together to crack this thing open. And, you know, and, and, and the bigger picture is the white nationalists, they playing for Keats because they worried about 2040, whatever, when white people become 49.999% of the population, all of, these, all of the chaos and distraction is about that. And it's like, 
But people are doing great work in Texas, like yourself and other folks, because y'all are moving the needle. You know what I'm saying? So it's like the needle is getting moved, it, particularly down south. When we look at Georgia, we look at Texas, and we, we look were, at smaller communities. You know what I'm saying? We were talking. I was talking to somebody, somebody from the UK, and they were <laughs> when when they were. I don't, I didn't know them. We were um, preparing for some Black History Month stuff. So you know. Um, mm. February, June, that's when you get the most work as a black trans person, <laughs> <laughs> black history month and, um, and, um, and June. So uh, with it, we're preparing for in, you know, uh, mm. a program, an event. And so, and so they were asking when I, when they found out that I was from, that I lived in Texas, all of their faces was like, Oh, <laughs> like, like, oh, right. like yeah. they were sad for me, like a pity party. Yeah, and um, oh. and then they were asking just different <laughs> things in regards to um, just different questions. And I was oh. like, "What you got to understand is that that we f- dealing with these like legislators, like literally, it was a time last year that, or not just." last year a little last year and 2021 22 and 2021 where we were going to, to austin every week we were going mm-hmm. up we had to go you know you know all the people like equality texas they were rallying at the to stop these bills and we got 74 out of the 75 at the time i think that was in 2021 where we got most of That's them except awesome. for one and then the one that did get passed it's kind of they weren't able to, you're not able to enforce it really so it was a a bs one but <laughs> it was we it, it was such a distraction but at the same time we had the basic needs necessity that we were taking care of so we were still taking calls for people who's trying to get bailing people out of jail and um and and homeless calls where we ain't got nowhere to go. We paying people's rent. We we're doing these kind of things, this care stuff. In direct service, yeah. In direct service. But yeah. then at the same time, we gotta be spending our resources and our energy to get to Austin, to be at the Capitol to try to fight. The Capitol. To, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. like they're kind of burning us. And you know, in, in nonprofit, we we, you know, burnout is fucking real. And so they're like burning yeah. us on the emotional level because we are dealing with our community and you on this political level, like just burning it at the both ends. So it it, it's, it is quite hectic, but it feels like we barely can get the good work done because we're totally we got to come testify and come. It just mm. feels. I mean, I don't know. I would imagine I mean, I think all organizing is overwhelming in general. And then, but also it's like, it's a marathon, you know? Yeah. In the in the, in the broader sense of all the work that we're doing, we're a part of the marathon and other people who are part of the marathon, where we're at in the marathon is a place that was never imaginable, you know, yeah. for a lot of folks that came before us as well. So, you know, it's like for myself, that helps provide some perspective personally. But also, yeah, it's a lot. It's like you got if you gotta adjust and pivot, or you know, I don't, I don't know, you know, I don't know the situation locally, but like, you know, just kind of trying to spread it out. But that's real. Like, 
Yeah, it feels I mean, so most tiring. Of the, the, the best, the best, the best, the 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 most intense work that hits the ground be like smaller local organizations with no money. <laughs> like, yeah, with no like money everywhere. Yeah, Facts. everywhere. So you know, that's I think that's across the board. You know, no matter. But I wonder how are. our audience, like audience, tell us what in your particular state. First of all, shout out to Japan. They've been popping up in our. <laughs> in okay, Japan. Japan really been popping up. Thanks usually we could you know, usually it's United States, Canada, the UK. Mm. Those are, you know, the English speak the main English speaking oh, um, okay. places. But for some reason, Canada be, I mean Japan been really popping. Hey, Japan. Anyway, <laughs> in regards to the states, like, hey, yo, yeah. how how have y'all how has your local organizations been combating these kind of uptick in um, right wing legislation kind of coming through? Like, what are y'all doing in y'all in y'all states? I know, you know, I hear I got connections in New York and Cali, um, Louisiana, um, Atlanta. What about Can other I places? Put some perspective on this, too. It's been a while since state legislatures have been like, we're going to collectively come after the LGBT community. I remember the early while. 2000s. That's when you started to see. I think this had the same question was there in the early 2000s when you saw folks having ballot initiatives around marriage. Yeah. And so all of a sudden you saw organization. You had equality this or equality that for this state or equality this for that state. Mm -hmm. These were formed to kind of to combat, but not every state that ended up with an equality thing. Then those organizations didn't necessarily start off that way. I know, like right. locally where I was at, it was you know a different type of organization navigating some of the stuff local. You know, what I'm saying local policies and stuff. But you know that that money kind of flowed down, you know, to make that happen. So it might, we might be in a situation now where that's going to happen too, where there might be more funds to like combat, you know, for these legislative battles. I, I think that's a good point. And I actually have a project that I am trying to work on. So I want to um, kind of make not it's not an announcement. It's just just an ask from the audience. I am looking for black trans men who are willing to discuss their abortion experience. Um, one of the th one of the, the concept of the project that I'm working on is about agency over your body and how I'm in a state where there is a attack on agency over your body across the board. So when it comes mm -hmm. to turning over role um, in abortion with um, cis women, non-binary people, trans men, all, you know, people who are able to um, birth people, um, they, are, they are under attack. The project that I'm trying to do is connecting um, those these kind of battles that we all to get people out of their silos when it comes to voter suppression, um, um, rep reproductive justice rights and the trans rights. You know, it is no coincidence that these states are attacking all of those things at the same time. Yes. And so one thing that I see is that we got to get out of, out of our silos. So I want to kind of do a project that connects the trans story the reproductive justice story and the uh, um in the voter suppression that's happening in mm -hmm. my state of Texas. You don't have to be from Texas. You just I want you to be able to speak to the story, speak to your story and that's your dumb. experience in regards to abortion. Um, and it's hard for me to I don't 
it's weird for me to slide in somebody DM and be like, "Ooh, you want to tell me your abortion story?" That feels weird. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is weird. Have you ever had an abortion? Right. <laughs> Have you ever had an abortion? Would you? Are you willing to talk about it? You know, no, yeah, that feels no, that'd be weird. weird. And I'm not doing that. <laughs> so I'm saying it publicly on the platform. So if you mm. are a black trans person who has had an abortion that is willing to discuss it. Please let me know. I would love to um, highlight you in the project. Um, yeah. So hashtag Marsha's Play. Let us know how you are, what you see happening on the ground in your area in regards to these kind of legislation. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are one of those powerful, <laughs> progressive states, this is something that, you know, you have already went through. So tell us how, if you are old head out in California, old head out in New York, old head in these cities that have protection for trans people, and y'all been fought that battle. How are y'all? Um, how were y'all successful? Like whatever, whatever that looked like. Let us know and hashtag Marsha's Plate. Oh my God, I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yay, 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 yay. So, not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts, I donate to other organizations. I have my finger on the post of the community and i know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here so you're not only helping to sustain us you're helping to sustain other people in a community because i put my money where my mouth is you know that's just the kind of bitch i am community is fuck (laughs) so thank you i really really appreciate you and if you have not become a patron why have you not? You can donate as low as a dollar a month. It doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please. Do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? <laughs> All righty. Anyway, thank y'all. And the Patreon and PayPal link is at the bottom. Back to the show. I came across this article about uh, the inner child. Um, Come on, inner child. Um, if you so, have you heard about the inner child? The concept? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Um, and according according to Wikipedia, the way they describe it, uh, it includes what a, it's uh, in popular psychology and analytical psychology. The inner child is an individual's childlike aspect. Well, of course, it includes what a person learned as a child before puberty. The inner child is often conceived as a semi-independent subpersonality subordinate to the walking to the waking conscious mind. The term has therapeutic applications in counseling and health settings. Um, anyway, so it's uh, a thing. And so I came across this article in The Insider and it's about this trans guy, this trans person who said like many trans people, they didn't experience a gender affirming childhood got full screen mode uh but since becoming a trans masculine adult they've been able to recognize the boy within me uh self-parenting through buying child children's toys has helped them to heal um and they said that uh processing traumatic incidents of gender policing um 
from his from their formative years has been a work in progress, but um, the healing has come from letting the inner boy know he doesn't have to hide anymore. Um, and also something that stood out in the article was saying the decision to not hide uh, who they are is what queer and trans identity is built upon. And he's glad that the, they're glad that the inner child uh, gets to be a part of who they are now. And they identify as trans masculine, uh, but also identify with their inner boy. Um, and yeah, and so some of the things they've done is like buy toy cars and some other type of toys that they, you know, and they said they didn't really grow up in a very like strict childhood around gender. Like they were a tomboy, but they still were like, you know, over, you know, you get policed over the years. Um, and, you know, I definitely spoke about this on the show. Like I definitely was like policed heavily by my mom, but everybody else around me was really actually pretty chill and kind of had a kind of gender queerish kind of existence around, you know, the support, social support system and family. Mm. But um, but for you, have you have you thought about your inner girlhood, your inner child? Um, are there any toys or items from uh, like? Well, I guess two questions. One, where you did you like did you have did you have aspects of an inner girlhood? Because I, I do believe that I had aspects of a boyhood, but I also was heavily policed. Like there were definitely aspects of the childhood innocence that allowed me to feel affirmed, kind of or whatever, um, but also was having the police. So yeah, for yourself, like were there aspects that were just like, that you had that were like, you felt like were part of your girlhood? And then also, yeah, like your inner girlhood or your inner girl, like are there like items that you get today to like soothe that or remind you of, um, or affirm, you know, yourself? So I, hmm. So I think about my transition in a very different way than other trans people. Um, I think in my earlier years, I adopted the, the language of trapped in a, I'm a this trapped in a this body, you know, you know, a, mm-hmm. a, a, a woman trapped in a boy's body or a girl trapped in a boy's body when I was younger. So I adopted that language just because it made it easier to expel, explain to somebody else. And of course I wouldn't use that in the language now, that language is antiquated. But um, but as I examine my life now, I, look, I was, I'm, I was really connected to my boyhood when I was younger, okay? So I, I, saying that I, there was a girl there, um, I'm not 100% comfortable because with that because this is how I think about it. So when you're born from zero to five for me, that is you coming out of the dark of your non-existence. You wasn't here. <laughs> and so, and then who you here? Cause I don't remember anything at, you know, three months. Uh, you know, I don't remember stuff like that. I think my earliest memory is at two. Um, there's many memories that I don't have of three. There's many memories. You get what I'm saying? Memories started my my self-identity and how I related to the world started to crystallize in between three and five. 
When I got mm-hmm. to five, that's when I used to have to be able, when I could have complex thoughts about myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, between three and five, that's when it started to crystallize. So by when five to 10, so that between that five years, that's when I had to really examine my relation to the world. And mm-hmm. based on how people interacted with me, that's when I had to say, okay, this is how I'm expected to act. This is how I know that they label me as a boy, but mm-hmm. I feel like a girl. I don't know mm-hmm. what that necessarily means and da 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 but I, I'm trying to navigate whatever I'm feeling the best way that I can. And so, right. and so I can't say that between five and 10, I was like, oh, this inner girl in me. It wasn't that, it was just that, I just didn't, um, I just realized, I just realized that this, whatever y'all, this is a lie. (laughs) Whatever Mm -hmm. y'all are trying to get me to do and say that I am, this is a lie. And I don't know what I am yet, but whatever this is y'all, whatever this shit is, it's not for me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's because mm-hmm. I'm not I'm experiencing these violences. I'm experiencing this, these things that are happening to me. Um, not physical violence, but just people, well, sometimes physical violence shit. Sometimes when I would be bullied or something like that. I'm experiencing these negative responses from adults and children based on how I'm presenting, how I'm acting, things that I can't control. And it's and right. it wasn't necessarily because my mama wasn't buying me girl clothes. So it wasn't like I was tipping around. Um, being a mm-hmm. you know in girl clothes, it just was how I was. My softness, my femininity, who I mm-hmm. was as a person, was always questioned. Was always being policed, and da 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 da. I can't say that I was separating myself from my boyhood because mm-hmm. I didn't know I couldn't be I, that I could be a girl. So I right. can't say <laughs> right, right. That right I was right, like, right, ooh, right, 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 I right. felt like a girl, so I want to be a girl on the inside. I didn't have that kind of mindset. What it was, I'm a mm-hmm. boy. I can't do nothing about this, but I know that I'm not relating to this. Whatever this shit that y'all Did, want me were to were there. Vote. Were you able to do what? Were you able to play with quote unquote girls' toys or do quote unquote girl quote unquote girls' games? Or were you not interested in that and you just were like, I'm just here. I'm a kid. I'm in this whatever. I'm living this is life, but I'm no. I'm a little different. Yeah. So not intentionally. It wasn't like my parents, my mom, because I come from a single home with with male figures in the home so it wasn't mm-hmm. like uh my mother wasn't married but my mother was with my your little brother's father for seven the first seven years right. of my life so he was always right. in, in there was always a man there um mm-hmm. so i hate when people be acting like single mothers just don't uh, as right. soon as you get married oh my god now you have a father no my mother there was a man in my life most of my my mama stay booed up child the, <laughs> good, good pussy crew <laughs> <laughs> so um so but it wasn't like my mom was like oh my god i'm gonna let you be free my mom had the mentality of i'm not going to be negative you negative to you about this gay shit but i'm not gonna condone this shit either because i don't want i don't fuck i don't fuck with gay shit either so mm-hmm. she was very i'm not gonna be mean to you my mother never gave me whoopings about gay shit that i can remember yeah, mm-hmm. I came. Well, yes, she did. She I, she caught me humping a boy and gave me a, gave me a whooping. But um, I don't know. Oh, were, I you, were you like you were like young? 
Yeah, I was like young. I was like five or six. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess that would count. But I don't remember my mother being particularly mean, like particularly mm-hmm. like, um, you know, ah, you come this faggot. Da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In my yeah. youth, my mom I wasn't. My mom was like, she wasn't like that either. She she was definitely. She never was like epithets. You know. Yeah, it wasn't she just that. Was like controlling about what I was wearing. But, yeah, my bad. But I went to, but I had a cousin who was, so I was my mama's only child for seven years. And mm-hmm. her best friend had a girl who was her only child for seven years. So when we, when I would go to her house, um, I could play with her toys and my aunt wouldn't stop me from playing with her toys. So a part, most okay. of my younger cool. years, I had an older sister-like individual that had all the girl stuff, all the Barbies, dream house, the car, the <laughs> everything yeah. that the girls was playing with at that time, she had it. And I can go to her house mm-hmm. and play with it freely. So okay. it was, I wouldn't say that I could, my mom had that in my house, but- um, But you weren't like, uh, I, like you weren't, uh, what's the word? Accosted by the adults if you did so. No, not in my home, not in my home. Um, and my mother focused once she saw I wasn't sporty, she just flipped what she did for me. Like, it, mm. you get what I'm saying? You know, I was never pressured to play sports, like, it never okay. was a thing that was like, Here's a football, come on, let's go out and catch. Once my mother realized I wasn't sporty and I was more yeah. artistic, then my mother bought me painting, um, painting stuff, oh, stuff wow. to paint, okay. um. You know, it whatever I was into, that's what my mother put it put 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 before me. So she saw I was artistic okay. band. You can paint. She saw that I was into you know like trains. So my I like I like the animatronics of things. So Hot Wheels and the racetracks and mm-hmm. them going. She I was into that. That was cool as fuck. And so just the you know the electricity of the whole situation, the animatronics. That's right. Shit. So yeah. doing that in the train, she bought me that. So anything that I was into, she kind of just rolled with the punches and never tried to force stereotypical masculine stuff on me. It never was okay. forced. That's cool, though. That's cool. Um, video that's games. Yeah. My mother yeah. loved She bought me video games all the time. But yeah. my mother's boyfriend's after was also into video games. Like my youngest brother's father, he was into video games. So that wasn't deemed as something feminine it was kind of deemed as something kind of masculine also uh, real quick i just want to like how they describe the inner child because i know i, I sound uh, the way i described it may have, may have been may have been a little bit like wonky in that wikipedia version but they say the inner child is a subconscious childlike version of ourselves that holds on to the lessons we were taught before puberty mm. um my transness yes. made me confront that so any lessons that I, I was taught, once I decided to that, honey, trans is what I'm going to be, transition is what I'm going to do, um, my life has, me, is, has been a journey of me dismantling shit that I learned about gender. For example, I just was talking about um, um, video games. So video games to me was something a little masculine. So when I got older, you know, mm-hmm. because I am transitioning and don't want to be associated with these things. And these are my things because 
you know, other people weren't accepting who I was. Um, mm. And so I had to respond in a certain way. And one of those responses was to cut out some of the things that I enjoyed that were more masculine. So yeah. that would yeah. be like video games. So for, for about 10 mm. years of my life, once I transitioned until I was like, mm, uh, shit, to 2000 and like 13, 14, I had stopped. Oh, wow. So so from 2000 and um, 2000, let's say 2005 to 2000, yeah. I transitioned really early for that. But 2005, I really got done with video games. I was like, ooh, mm-hmm. this is kind of tradey-like. In my mind, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is too mm-hmm. tradey because now all the dudes I know are mm-hmm. doing this. So I was like, I ain't going to do that. I'm going to do something else and try to get into some other kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I didn't play any video games from probably like 2005 to like 2014. Oh, wow. Period. Like wow. totally that hobby wow. that I had been so invested in since like Atari. Yeah. <laughs> Loving yeah. it. Yeah. I just totally yeah. cut it all off because it deemed me masculine. I'm, I'm wondering too, just like some of the stuff that, you know, so like they, they said uh, in the article, you, you know, they mentioned I grew up wearing girls clothes and attending all girls school, uh, even though the parents were, you know, they allowed them to be a tomboy, mostly allowed to wear what they wanted to overnight, but on an overnight trip, a girl bullied me who said I was wearing boys jeans and forced me to, you know, pull the pants down and check the label or older ye- relatives yelling at them for being unladylike. Uh, and I wonder too, like, I wonder too, just looking at some of their examples is how much, if, if this impacts or not impacts trans masculine people in a different kind of way, or like mm-hmm. the trauma of it might manifest mm-hmm. it because there's so much policing of assigned female at birth bodies anyway. <laughs> Like, you know what I'm saying? So I wonder if it's like that is, I'm not saying, I'm not suggesting that some trans women don't have this experience, but I'm wondering if it might be one of those things where it's like that might lean more on the situation of terms of the impact around like the inner boyhood and being allowed to like play with what you want to because there's so much hyper-policing of girls of like what you can wear mm-hmm. what you can play with <laughs> what you can what you can do what you can you know close your legs so nobody thinks you're fast at like five you know <laughs> like you In know what my I'm younger because even, even since women are policed you know have trauma from being policed around their gender in the girlhood so i wonder if some of that is that as well but yeah there is a spectrum so like when i think about and you know, I I don't I lived in nobody else's shoes but mine, but I can only observe and see how other people does. As a very young age, I want to say nine, I mm. notice a spectrum of difference. Mm. Yes, cisgender boys to me, and th- I'm sure there's some exceptions to everything because I'm pretty sure right. there were some sister girls that were able to run around and be free somewhere at some at some. Some circumstance, yes. So, yeah. So I'm not. (laughs) Um. So I'm not saying that. I'm not talking in absolutes, but generally, in my experience, in my observation, there was a um a spectrum. So while I was a boy at nine, Mm -hmm. because I was a feminine boy, everybody respond to policing my masculinity. Everybody Mm -hmm. in my Mm -hmm. life at some point was doing something to toughen me up to make me Mm. more um to make me more masculine okay yeah and so 
I saw a different level of freedom to the when it comes to the cis boys who were performing masculinity to its peak. When you mm -hmm. there was some, they got a little bit more freedom. They were able to run around. They were able to do different stuff. So while they were, I was more policed than them. I did see girls like there was these um, three sisters in my um, church that were mm -hmm. um, the Scott sisters. Um, very, they, I should, maybe shouldn't even say their name, but because they're real popular in, in Indianapolis, but they were the Scott sisters. And we come from, you know, apostolic holiness. They came yeah. from apostolic holiness church or Kojic church, though, that kind of yeah. really strict. Yeah. They had to wear long jean skirts, <laughs> yep. even sometimes had dualies and shit. <laughs> all kinds of stuff that they this is where they grew up in and so i remember while i was going to church getting policed for my masculinity i remember them being policed as a girl even more than i was so there mm -hmm. was a sense of spectrum of who was mm -hmm. policed but mm -hmm. then the older girl who was the more hyper feminine because she performed her femininity in this kind of hyper way Mm. while she may not have had the freedom of the like doing boy stuff she did mm. have some freedom with the women in the church because she was performing mm. her femininity in a high way like she was mm. wearing her dresses the way she's supposed to so she was able to move maneuver in the church in a certain way that mm. the other like her younger her middle sister it was a middle sister mm. who who was kind of more tomboyish and i remember her getting a whooping mm for being out in her dress playing kickball with us at out in in the middle of the church parking lot that would cause some trauma yeah yeah and so i remember yeah. her getting that but the older girl because she was performing her femininity so mm -hmm. well quote unquote mm -hmm. well mm -hmm. and hopefully, hopefully not too well because if it, they feel like it creeps into sexual then yeah she might get, no then she she's was doing gonna it well uh yeah exactly she was yeah. doing it Prestige. Yeah, she was doing the pristine women. girl. Her hair was always perfect. Yeah, her everything cool. about her was was on on point in regards to um, how she performed it. The she way I performed it, well, how she, right. she performed yeah. it really, really well. Nowhere near nothing scandalous happened about the, with the older sister. Um, but mm -hmm. the middle sister, it was more about she felt to me like I, I haven't met, seen her in years. But yeah. if I was to guess. If she, <laughs> if she was a lesbian now, would not be surprised. I would not be surprised at all. <laughs> right, right. Or right. or maybe bisexual or something mm -hmm. where some you know some yeah. kind of queer. If she was queer, community. I would not be in the spectrum community. I would not be surprised because she would get she would be with the boys. Now she would be flirting because so I'm like maybe she might end up being bisexual. I mean, she might be trans. She, she might so be trans. many things. So many things. Right. She could be right. anything. But right. um, but she was always more. I just remember her getting a whooping for that because she was running around playing with us in her dress. Um, and then, but I also remember the older girl having more freedom. She didn't have to come to the Bible study sometimes. She oh. didn't have to. She had a lot of more freedom than the other than the rest of us in regards to that. So I don't want to say. So my observation, I say all of that to say this: if you were born a girl. And you performed that femininity at a certain level. It gave you freedom. If you were, if you were born a boy, if and you performed that level of masculinity at a certain level, it gave you freedom. Now, mm -hmm. on the base level, based on the world, 
of course, <laughs> you know, the man is going to be in power so he can do something. But I'm talking on a child on a child level. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We you know, we when you're a kid, you ain't got the spoils of the world yet. And so um, but those two people in my life had the most freedom. It was the ones mm-hmm. who were breaking those kind of categories like myself and that other girl. Mm-hmm. It was those were the ones that were getting the so, most lash. So your so to soothe your inner child, for example, one of the things it sounds like you've done is the video games. In my younger years, I wasn't dismantling shit. I was going into womanhood the way I was taught womanhood was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it, that got, that goes for my sexuality. The the, the if you're a girl, you do this stuff in the bedroom. Da 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 da. It could be sexuality. It could be how you dress. Girls don't wear tennis shoes. You can if you like that Aaliyah kind of girl, but that ain't the kind of girl I wanted to be. I wanted to be the more hyper. You're getting all the stuff from the commercial world. The commercial world. So right. I wasn't dismantling it. I was dismantling right, right, the idea right. that I could that right. I that I was a boy dismantling the mm. idea that I um that I just had to be a boy by coming into my girlhood but I still was living the rules of girlhood that I was taught when I was younger right after it took the, some time to understand like, oh, it this took some time yes. this is kind of problematic yeah. and stupid and dumb right, right, and why right. am I going to go into a box that I just broke out of and so why right. would I agree with this box so my adult life has been about dismantling those things within me. Who is the type Mm -hmm. of woman that I want to show up to in the world? What are my rules Mm -hmm. about womanhood that I like, that I enjoy? What some things are going to be against the grain and some things are going to be for the grain. So Mm -hmm. me kind of cutting out video games was one part of it, but getting back to video games was like, you really enjoyed this. So this isn't about gender. You really enjoy doing these things, so do them. Don't worry mm-hmm. about everything in your life should not have to be you worried about the gender should be not be genderized. It should not be have anything to do with your gender. Do you enjoy this shit? Wear it, wear mm-hmm. the shoes, mm-hmm. hats, whatever it is, whatever you like, do it for you. And that's what my mm-hmm. adulthood has been really dismantling those rules in my mind and letting myself be free to be what I want. Is there some things that still align? Yes. But is there some, some mm-hmm. things that don't know? It's that's what my Word. adulthood has been. Word. Okay. Thank what you. What about God. you? <laughs> for breaking that. Uh I mean, shit. I mean, I I I got the uh I got me a couple uh, uh hot wheels. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? You know, because I mean, you know, I mean, that's the thing. It's like there were like you because cause really when it comes comes down to is like these were things that I would that I was shamed for. These are things mm-hmm. that you might have been shamed, you know what I mean, that you that you can come and say, I'm going to lean into this now. Shame for, ostracized for, all this other bullshit. And for me, that was watching wrestling, that was <laughs> playing with Hot Wheels, that was, you know, being able to keep my, my flannel blue curtains in my bedroom, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, it, it, was, it was those, it was little things. It wasn't even necessarily big things because, like you said, like, you know, I'm a human being, so not everything is this or that. It's not all, and everything's about me, about my gender, and everything's about one thing or the other. I'm a whole ass person. But, you know, because of the hyper-policing period of being a assigned female at birth person in the world, in, in childhood, in, a, in addition to this extra policing from my mom, that's something I'm definitely still working through in mm. terms of just like, like you mentioned with the getting comfortable, like, shit, I like this shit. I'm gonna watch I'm gonna get these video games again, and kind of getting back into kind of, um, 
yeah, just kind of processing that shit. Because, you know, there mm-hmm. are a lot of shit that was masculine that I just was not able to enjoy. Or if I did enjoy, I was penalized. Gotcha. And so, you know, so being able to enjoy those things as an adult, you know, it because it because it still shows up sometimes subconsciously. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Um, in terms of just not even in terms of stuff I like, but just like how I navigate the world or or my own internalized transphobia that I have to kind of sort through, you know, with my therapist. Right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) With my my mental health professional. But anyway, but yeah, let us know what you, you know, let us know about yourselves, y'all. You know, what what do you do to soothe your inner child in general? Were there things when you were growing up that you weren't allowed to like play with or do or wear? Or, you know, just kind of got, you know, ostracized or shamed for that you're like now you were able to embrace or, you know, been able to be affirmed with in your adulthood. Yeah. How you dealing with your inner child? What are all those lessons? Let us know. Um, you know, if you like Diamond video games, you like me, Hot Wheels, you know, you get them at, the, at Walgreens still. <laughs> Let us know. Hashtag Marshall's Play. <laughs> So I've been dating. You bringing the heat. Bring the heat, Diamond. Bring the heat. Bring the heat. <laughs> no, it's not no heat. It's just, <laughs> I, I've been dating and I have been having some really, really good experiences dating. I have been uh-huh. like actual going on dates. And so I hadn't, you know, for the That's past nice. 10 years, most of my 30s, I wasn't dating. I was meeting guys to hook up with to for sexual entertainment. And mm-hmm. that was it. I was not going out on dates and 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 spending time with people. I had I had one person that I was dating, but we, you know, we just had fun together. That was and it mm-hmm. wasn't sexual. Just we just each enjoyed each other coming, so we would do stuff together. But I wouldn't consider that it's dating. But it I mean, that's kind of like dating. <laughs> well, it wasn't. It the, wasn't the traditional. That's kind of what the fuck people do when they date. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But we it just kind of naturally happened. It wasn't um Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. Intentional. I, this I, is real I intentional. I totally get you. I got you. Yeah. yeah. So I've been literally <laughs> meeting people and they make a plan and I go out, meet them at that, get dressed up and meet them at that spot and you yeah. know, and see what the ambiance is giving, have great conversation okay. and spend time, that kind of stuff. So I've been doing that yeah. stuff. And I haven't yeah. had any bad experiences like i have been having really really good experiences not uh-huh. leading the, in, into anything like as far as relationship wise yeah. um but just a but, good time but just a really good time I'm going to, to restaurants like that i've never to. been to okay. um places in the city that i had never been to just really really enjoying myself in regards to dating and so my dating style is really really traditional and mm-hmm. I guess that's that's going to lead into my question. Tra- what do you mean by traditional? So I'm a person who like a man to ask me out. I never ask men out. Never, never. So I like a man to ask me out. Um, mm-hmm. I like a man to pay for the date. I like a man mm-hmm. to plan the date around both of our common interests. Um, uh-huh. I don't, I hate dates where a man is planning the date around his interest and like like dudes who want me to go to a basketball game with them if you know anything about me that is not that is not a great date for me (laughs) so you know but i've been in situations where guys will 
it'll be their own interest and not even okay, consider me at yeah, all. I feel like a great weird. day. That's not a good date. Yeah, I feel like a great date is both of our interests. Let me. So one of my very this hasn't this didn't happen recent. This happened like um about a while ago, um in my late uh, my early my early thirties, late twenties, early thirties, somewhere around there. Um, me and him was talking. We were talking on the internet and um just kind of you know what you do when you first talking to somebody and i had he asked me did i like dogs and i was like yeah i like dogs and i was telling him about my favorite breeds and we were talking about you know our experience being dog owners or whatever so i told him that just in i i couldn't even remember how quickly it came out or whatever that my favorite breed of dog is boston terriers that is my favorite breed of dog i love boston terriers and so our first date he didn't tell me what it was going to be, but our first day he took me to a Boston Terrier rescue. Aww. And we went to feed the dogs. He was, he was listening. He was listening. And yeah. we went. It, was, it wasn't all loud. We were playing with the dogs. We were feeding the dogs. We were asking the people the questions and um, they were running around a little rescue um it just was a good experience and we could have conversation outside of the dogs but it just was a beautiful it was just a beautiful date thoughtful date and we mm -hmm. end up going to this little picnic kind of thing not at this park not far from the the rescue because this was out in like the sticks it wasn't like in the city but we drove out there and um not super far but um yeah on the outskirts of the city and there was we he had made us some food he had made us a little, little picnic thing so we went to the dogs went to the picnic and then we went home it was just so beautiful and so perfect but he's into dogs i'm into dogs he picked this thing that we both are into and it was amazing yeah. and so yeah. and so that's what i mean like I, i'm i'm a very very traditional person but I also this conversation on the internet that people are having about, you know, 50-50 dates and meeting at a star, mm. many dates like meeting at a Starbucks and da 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 da. I literally, first of all, I'm not doing that shit. <laughs> I'm not because I'm a, I'm okay with my traditional values in regards to dating men. Um, but. I actually never have had dudes ask me to do this shit. Like I've never had, I've, I've never had a dude ask me, can you pay 50% of this date? Like I have How old never. were the people that said this? This is this is a common internet conversation of, of varying this, ages. This, oh, okay. All of right. varying well, ages. Cause yeah. that sounds very like, you know, like a younger people thing. Yeah, it's, it's a varying ages. And I'm not so, saying that people can't do 50 50 days. I'm just saying, like, for it to be more common. Yes, I can see that being a younger thing, but no, I've more seen, common, yeah. mm -hmm. I've seen it being talked about, discussed across various ages. But I've never experienced a dude asking me. Is this can mostly straight 50? people? That yeah, I live in a. a no, I'm, that's, I'm, I'm asking for a reason. I'm asking for a yeah. reason. I'm asking for a reason. I'm yeah, when I'm listening to people talking about um, dating, it's usually a heterosexual. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I'm trying to think of. Yeah, I'm asking for clarity because I'm like, 
Because I'm like, you know. But then I hear some weird stuff with the studs, too, that the studs pay for the dates. Like, I, there's some oh, that, weird that's, heteronormative. That's, it is rooted there, in heteronormativity. There's, there's, definitely, there's definitely heteronormativity in yeah. the culture. So. Not for everybody, but most. <laughs> So uh, also the mini dates, the um, just so they so the man doesn't have to invest any a lot of money. Can we just meet mm. at the Starbucks? So just to see if we vibe. <laughs> you old school, ain't that right? We old school. Yeah, I'm not that person. I'm not meeting at uh, the Starbucks to see if we can vibe, just so you can <laughs> avoid planning a date, paying for a date. Because I'm also a person that a date doesn't need to cost shit. Like literally, right, my right. favorite day. You have a quality has, date, right? Yeah, to have a quality date, you don't have to. And I'm not somebody that's gonna judge a date based on how much the fancy restaurant you take. As a matter mm. of fact, I'm a foodie and I'm a bitch who know that most of the fancy restaurants <laughs> I don't like their fucking food anyway. And uh, so you get what I'm saying. I, the ambiance looks fresh and fly, but the food, like the if you gonna give me some good food, I'm gonna show you the hood spot that don't cost a million dollars. It's it's go, right. You, right. I'm gonna show you where the food is at. And so I'm I care about um when I, I I just care about the thoughtfulness of it. It could be a dinner and a movie, mm -hmm. it could be that, but mm -hmm. did you mm -hmm. pick a dinner spot where we can actually hear each other talk and right. engage? Right. Um right. it, it right. just depends. It just depends. It just depends. So I guess my question is, how have in your dating life, how have you navigated these kind of when when you're dating? How have you navigated the rules in regards to what rules you have in regards to what rules you have seen you kind of conflicts that you've come up into people you have been dating? What are some of your experience in regards to in the context of traditional roles or non-traditional roles? What are some mm, of the, your mm. rules around dating in regards to that? Mm. So I got a couple different iterations of my dating life. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. You know, um, I will say, okay, before I medically transition, I socially transition and was dating, but before I medically transition, uh, you know, most of my relationships were very, I didn't really, I don't know if I really dated, dated, but also it was very like egalitarian, you know what I'm saying, with the dating. I wouldn't say necessarily 50-50, but the energy was very egalitarian, like, you know, like. I wasn't in straight people world dating. So let me just, let me start there. Let's just start, let's just let's start there. Because <laughs> I've talked about my issues with it. And so I've ran into things since I transitioned medically uh, when I've dated people, even dating like a lesbian who dates men sometimes. She was like, yo, I got these expectations that Diamond have. What the fuck? And I'm like, wait a minute, though. We didn't have them expectations when we was dating and we was lesbians, babies. Like, what is this? You know? Um, and then I dated a very, like, very cisgender heterosexual woman of the world. Just, you know, you know, just a regular ass straight woman. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And she was like, not to be like, we we regular too. You know, you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. And then I'm learning, she's a little older, so I'm learning about these things. And then I'm like, I'm asking my sister, I'm like, this shit like a rom-com. Is she fucking, is she serious? She was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> she asking, is. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? And I'm asking my sister, because it's not for me, like some of the shit not for me, because, you know, I mean, listen, I'm not, I'm not hating do you, right? Because it's like, do you. Everything's everything. But some of the shit is so like hetero patriarchy, whatever for me that for me, I'm like, uh, 
Now, also know that like, you know, you dating who you dating. So like everybody, you know, who's the demographic of the person I'm dating, right? Because I've dated people that's been more traditional-ish, but we're like radical, you know, kind of hippy-dippy black people. But also we're like, I expect you to pay for this. I, I have these, you know, old school expectations. <laughs> <laughs> but I also dated, you know, I lived in a college town for a long time. So it was very not, you know, a lot of people I dated and the expectations were very non-traditional because my dating pool was very non-traditional. Um, I'll say now I'm still very, you know, I was, I was, a le- I was queer. I was a lesbian. I was like, you know, my, my dating thing was like, we're friends and we have good sex and I want you to be good with your money. I want me to be good with my money. And I would like to do nice things for you. And you like to do nice things for me. And we're both lovers and friends and it's chill. Like that's kind of been my energy. So when I dated this straight woman, she was like, what is that? <laughs> For some of that, right? So like, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, so it was, it was, it was, it was, it was a trip. Cause I'm like, wait, but you want me to like, you know what I mean? Cause I'm used to like, okay, well, I'm not going to get you today. I'm gonna get you next week or whatever, you know, just real, just way, way. Uh, my experiences have been more like we friends and we have a good sex, which is not the general heteronormative dating approaches. Mm-hmm. So that's been a learning curve for me to learn. I mean, cause I literally, I wasn't in it. So I was like, this shit on TV, this is the shit from the movies. I don't know this shit. Like, what? Like, you want me to do what? You expect what? You saw that I'm going to the gay bar and that I am sexually attracted to men and that makes you feel weird as a straight woman? That's weird to me. I've been a whole ass gay for the, <laughs> most of my life and you can fuck anybody anytime. So like going out with my friends ain't weird to my partner because we're all homosexuals. <laughs> like what are you talking about? So, you know what I mean? So it was just a lot of different you know what I'm saying? Because when you in the queer community, oftentimes it's just way more relaxed. You know mm, what I'm saying? The because, rules are way more relaxed. Yeah. Most people don't have kids. Most most people are adults with somewhat of a dispensable income, if not finding a way to have one. You know, <laughs> so like, you know, like you can navigate a little bit more freely, particularly when the majority of the adult population that's like hanging out and shit don't have kids and don't have aren't caught up in the same kind of shit that like straight people be caught up in like ain't nobody gone well that's not true either but anyway but yeah so i there is <laughs> there is a I, I can i can i there is a lax that comes once we are in the relationship absolutely yeah um yeah. or once we have been friends for a long time so for example um, I this guy that I, I have been dealing with, our the beginning of our relationship, let's say date one, two, three, four, five, six. I don't know the number, but say the mm, first six mm, dates, he paid mm, for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember I remember being in a situation where I asked him, Hey, I want to go see this movie, let's go see. And he was like, oh, I'm broke. He was like, I can't really afford it right now. And I was like, oh, I didn't ask you if you could afford it. We still can go. And he's like, okay, oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. And so yeah, um, so in that situation, I paid for he the ex- he, he, But he expected, Him the expect- to pay he it. thought the expectation was. And that's what I'm saying. So like the expectation to pay, you know, obviously if I'm like, I'm going to ask you on a day, I'm going to pay for it. But the mm-hmm. expectation, some some of the expectation, not for all women, all straight women, but you know, I was back in the hood. So let me just mm-hmm. clarify the, the context of where I was at. Okay. So the expectation that I would pay 
and the, the the fact that he had that expectation a lot of men have that expectation i didn't have the expect i didn't know that there was an expectation in like a lot of straight culture that men unless really explicitly stated we're gonna i should be paying for shit not just so you're coming the into the day with feeling like you pay for your food, I pay for mine, and we just no, 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 no. If I'm asking you out on a date, I'm gonna pay. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not oh. saying in that context, but I'm saying if, when he said to you, "I can't afford to go," right? Like uh -huh. I'm saying in that context, like it, you know, it's like, um, like I have friends who've been like, "Well, I can't really." I mean, I mean, obviously, oh shit, I'm broke, you know. But like, I'm saying, <laughs> but you know what I mean? When, when the expectation around money influencing how folks are kind of navigating i had never really encountered that to the degree that i did until after our transition oh gotcha okay and in terms of expectations around like paying for stuff or like the extent to doing it you know and i'm just like you know some people are just shady so you know <laughs> but but the the expectations around paying for shit uh more than just like you know like i'm taking on a date cool but like I can't always pay for shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. forever. Like, it's not infinity. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got. Yeah, I just. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Not I saying think... you're, you're, you had that ex experience. No, no, no. But, you no, know, no. That, I... that expectation is sometimes out there, though. And I uh, never oh, knew that, that was. I never knew that. Definitely. Um, I was like, oh, really? At like 30 something, like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely is. I, with, <sighs> for me, it's just certain things that I. It's just certain. Th I'm trying to think of other things. What is, like, what is that about, though, Diamond? What is that about? Because you, you, because you, I, I know not all people are like that. No. But I didn't even realize that 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 was like you know game. You know, that's just the that's just the, You know, it's kind of like what you said, like a rom com. That's just the rules of. I'm <laughs> I'm a woman. I want to be treated like a woman, and that is how when a man is courting. And this is old school. I know it's old mm, school, right? But right. these Me are the old school old things school. that I'm that I'm yeah. not willing to give up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so mm -hmm. there, it may be problematic to some people, but for me, it's it's not something that I personally am willing to give up. Mm -hmm. And so I think yeah. it might not be being, for you, right? Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. I, and this and there's it's another uh, element of it because. I'm a trans woman. Nick, when you find, when you, not you, but when a man finds out I'm trans, the normal response is sex. The normal response is, oh, I don't mm. have to do all of that stuff that I got to do to I cis see. women to right, you. I, right. I got to, all I got to do is like, oh, let me show you my dick. You will suck it. Oh, I'm trying to fuck. I'm, tr I'm trying to get you to be my first. They immediately right. go to the exploitative objectification, mm -hmm. da, 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 da. And for me, even if that's your end goal, just to fuck me, I need to be winding down and treated nice. I need to, I yeah. need you to treat me. I mean, I think that's the same energy that I, that's the same energy I heard from the cis women in my life. Mm. Yeah. I it's mean, like, I don't, you know, but not, I mean, yeah, it was kind of like, well, you just won't, fuck so yeah it, it's, it's for me it's uh <laughs> it's almost like a defense mechanism at least i got something out of this instead of just yeah. being used um That's and you I know heard. sometimes i'm i'm trying to i i want to be courted i it's some it's and that might be you know me 
living my woman fantasy. I like to be no, courted. I, mean, I like good. to be, I like I people, I do, to, I do like that kind of. You like nice things chivalry. for you, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. I like you to do nice things. I like the thoughtfulness of planning a date. And like I said, I'm not somebody who cares about the price tag of the date. My, what I care about is you are intentionally planning to spend mm. time with me and you have, and you have a, Boom. you have a Boom. theme. Boom. And, and, and that's, that's what I care board. about. And that's across the board, Diamond. And I think it's like, in my dating experience, even though it is more egalitarian in terms of the approach, you know, or more mixed of things, uh, the bottom line is, to your point, the date. You know, it's intentional. It don't gotta cost a lot of money. It has to be no. thoughtful. It has yeah. to be something you you know you put some energy into. And I and you're right. Like you can do that either with a whole bunch of money or no money. Because we could just go take a walk. Like Jill Scott said, let's go take a walk, walk around. I have been dark. in that. I have you been know? in that situation. So, you know. Um, but yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I I was like, wow. You know, I mean, that I think the conversation about like the heteronormative expectations of dating i you know it's 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 i think that's a whole it's all episode and deep and nuanced and you know because mm -hmm. it's that's just normal that i think is you know it's like cultural making you know everybody got their own shit. straight people yeah. I, I ain't gonna knock it just because it's straight people i used to be a, there used to be a place in my point in my life diamond mm -hmm. where you know when i said when i heard about straight people shit, i said oh no <laughs> it all out, okay? and it's only since transitioning particularly medically that i've been able to expand my worldview and, uh, and not be such an asshole about uh and be you know be an asshole about it <laughs> so <laughs> you know because you know in my younger years you know when you you know when you're young you think you know everything so I, you know yeah people, you know that's how i used to be so it's like i understand that like you know like the shit's legit and yes also like there's heteropatriarchy yeah, I, shit, but also there's shit that's just like its own shit that ain't fucked up. That's just nice. That's yeah, people can have nice things too, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, I was, and it, and, I, and we probably have different experiences because I don't remember ever navigating the world dating mm -hmm. as just a cisgender gay boy dating. Like right, I remember, right, right, you know, right. coming up. Um, right. a little, a little gay boy, but I was messing around with straight boys. You get what I'm saying? Still trying right. to feel like a girl. Um, right, exactly. But, That's what you're but I didn't really you didn't have that gay boy, that experience. gay boy, that traditional right. gay boy experience. Cause soon as right. I, soon as I felt like, Ooh, I could transition. I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm yes, out of this yeah. label. I'm no longer a gay boy. Yeah. I'm a yeah. <laughs> so I, that was yeah. a very, very short period of time between, you know, maybe like 10 and 13 really not even 10 um let's say e 12 12 to 13 that year between let's say 11 to 13 honey that was when <laughs> i was like oh i'm a gay boy nah <laughs> and then it just switched <laughs> yeah, so yeah, i can yeah, see yeah. navigating dating world as a lesbian and then switching over you would have that kind of experience because i'm trying to think of gay boys have i heard the conversation where like gay boy shit, you know, that shit is different. Yeah, too. I never hear the conversation. I hear it sometimes little rumbles of it. Like mm -hmm. I'm a film, so whatever. I don't know. I, I think it's kind of different. <laughs> the yeah. I yeah. think it's kind of yeah. different. Yeah. So audience, yeah. tell us what y'all think about this conversation. Yeah. What are some of the nuances <laughs> that you 
have seen in your dating world who pays for stuff who who i i think I, the gay boys i know they say who asked the person out is the person who pays but i'm not for sure yeah, so let us know what you think and hashtag marcha's plate Gimme, give gimme, give gimme give euphoria, more than peace of mind. It's the joy and space to change the tide. Gimme, give gimme, give gimme give euphoria, more than peace of mind. It's the joy and space to change the tide. Gimme, gimme, gimme you a feeling and a high can never come down from. Whoa. All right, Jay, so what is bringing you euphoria this week? Euphoria this week, a couple things. The big thing is I went to the fucking dentist. Excuse my language, y'all. Sorry. We cussed on this motherfucker. I know, I know, I know. (laughs) Um, But I I had some feelings done earlier this week, and then they had an opening and were able to have me come back in to, like, uh, do some other work. And um, they're almost done, so... that's bringing me some euphoria, a little bit of pain, but euphoria. Mm. But also, I rearranged my apartment. I rearranged my place, and so that feels good. That's bringing me euphoria. I got a new little, in, got a new inflow of my energy uh, wow. in the crib. Um, I got me some new uh, kind of like, uh, I got like a kind of like '90s ish kind of Ross kind of like mirror ish lamp going on now nice. too in my spot. And I don't turn it on because, as you know. It's a mirror lamp. It's gonna get too hot, but it's a great piece. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's the problem with them kind of them kind of lamps. But no, but no, I got a new. Yeah, I got I got my uh, Zora Neale Hurston um, painting up finally and everything. So yeah, uh, a friend a friend of mine did that. Uh, so I'm feeling good. That's what's bringing me for mm-hmm. is just you know you rearrange. You know, it's a new energy. I'm feeling the flow, you know? So, yeah. What about you? Yeah. What's bringing you to Euphoria this week? So, this week, the ACLU Texas invited me to this event where they had a panel oh, with... Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> they had a panel with one of my academic bays. Um, oh. And I love him. I wish he wasn't married so I would so I could shoot my shot, but he's married, faithfully oh, no. married, in a you know, oh, okay. well, you know, in a monogamous relationship, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah. Um, Mr. Ibram X. Kendi. Oh yeah. Yes, and he yeah. is um, the author of How to Be a Anti-Racist, and he yes, did a new yes. book with a black woman named Nick Stone called How to Be a Young Anti-Racist, and they're on their kind of like their promotional tour um, to yeah. promote the new book, and I love them. I love their energy. I love what they are doing, uh, so being yeah. in the space with them, and I have been following, so shit, nerdy shit that I do for fun is listening to um, university-level lectures online mm-hmm. whether it be mm-hmm. a panel or a lecture da, 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 da. and so mm-hmm. i do that on my free yeah. time for fun i'm just a nerdy yes. ass bitch in that kind of way and so what yeah. he i have been following him for years because um ever since he wrote stamp and mm-hmm. uh his one which is his first book and Oh my God, he just has been a, a academic crush of mine, and just to see him in person oh. and see how fine he is in person and see how brilliant he is in person, I was okay. just like, oh, okay. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love being in here. Person. Thank you for inviting me. Okay. 
academic yeah so that is what has brought me euphoria this week thank you aclu texas it Come is on, it is led <laughs> by a black woman um okay, Oni, black and mm-hmm. she's the first black woman to ever be in that position and her one of her wow. goals was to um expand who they partner with and my organization is one of them and to bring in in diverse voices because that's what black women do when they are you know progressive they kind of expand and you know strengthen more diverse relationships and yeah she always anytime it's an event she always calls me and gives me tickets and i come and show up so yeah that's what bring me euphoria So y'all, tell us what is bringing y'all euphoria this week. And um, yeah, let us know. And we'll see y'all next week. Mm -hmm. Happy Black History Month, y'all. Happy Black History Month. Black and Black 365. (laughs) 365, all year long. Y'all know how we do. All right, bye. In honor of Valentine's Day and love, I wanted to end the episode with my recording of Luther Vandross's There's Nothing Better Than Love. It's one of my favorite songs by him, and so I hope you enjoy. I fell asleep late last night And I dreamed the night and almost have to day away I just got up so that I can hear her say she's still in love and no one can take the love away. Ooh, love wakes me up every day and I thought no one could ever make me feel this way. It fills me up Every time I hear her say She's still in love And no one can take her love away I wanna be loved I wanna be loved, yeah There's nothing better than love What in the world could you end? All the 